We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. 14-year-old Linda Smith was abducted from her home on June 14, 1981 in Pocatello, Idaho. Her younger brother witnessed the abduction and was able to give the police a description of the abductor and his van. Unfortunately, police did not believe Linda was abducted until a year later when her skeletal remains were found. Hey everybody, welcome to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. I'm Christy Brower, here with my sister, co-host, and partner in crime, Katie Weaver. Hey Katie, how's it going? Hello, I'm well. I'm, I'm so entertained by this story out of uh, Boise, Idaho tonight, about the little boy getting his book into the library. Oh yes, isn't it cute? I oh know, I thought so too. I know we're true crime around here, but you guys, this is the cutest story. So in a nutshell, eight-year-old little dude, he's a second grader. He loves to write. He loves to draw. And he's been working for quite a while on a comic book that he wrote, uh, started it over Christmas break. And it's become an 88-page book now that he has created a cover for and a spine and everything for and he called it The Adventures of Dylan Helsbig's Christmas, C-R-I-S-M-I-S, <laughs> by Dylan Helberg himself. That's what the cover says. <laughs> well, so Dylan decided he would now like to have his book in the library. So right, he snuck his book into would. the library. Yep. Uh, on a trip to the library with his grandma. And he snuck it onto a shelf. And then later that evening announced to his family that you can now check out his book at the library. So his mom called the library because uh, she didn't want his book to get thrown away. And they found it and had it. And, well, they did. sent it through their requirements for uh, being accepted as a book in the library. And they accepted it. And it's now uh, there's 125 people waiting to check out Dylan's book and read it. <laughs> That's Isn't that so great? cute. Oh my gosh, what an awesome kid. So, way to go, Dylan, you wild man. You got yeah. your book in the library. Yeah, I mean, he wanted to be published and he wanted it to be right now. Mm-hmm. I love well, and it. now a children's book publisher has stepped forward and wants to work with him. And, you know, I think we'll all be buying Dylan's book here at some point. I, I think we will. What a cutie. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. I love that. Like, well, I'll just take it in the library and put it on the shelf. Duh. Right? Like, this doesn't have book. to be hard. Well, right? That's what you do, right? <laughs> so there you go. Apparently, it is. I love it. Before lots of crime, we just lifted you up a little bit. Um, right? So we can... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> now, listen. We bring crime to light 
for good things, to help solve cases, help people yes. get found, help people's families get the help that they kind of need. They the kind of help that they need, not that they kind of need. <laughs> but they like got really that backwards. Need. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not to crush your hearts like bugs, but you right. know, we know it happens sometimes. <laughs> yes, yes, it does. Yeah, it happens uh, to us too. But I love that. That's super cute. I'm in love. That kid has definitely got quite a future. I would love to meet his parents because they must be cool as hell. You know, yeah, they honestly. must be. This kid doing this stuff. Yeah. Well, and just that, you know, mom called the library like, oh, hey, please don't throw that away. Uh, right. But I love that the library was like, hey, we'll just take it as a real book. It's all good. <laughs> well, they have a bunch of criteria. For a book, uh, it's supposed to have reviews that they can review, and this book doesn't have reviews, so they put it through a bunch of other criteria, and it passed them all. So, well, there you go. I mean, they sent it through their board. They didn't just grab it. They said, "Okay, well, we'll we'll critique this book," and they did, and he passed. Hey, where's I'll write a review, right? Just kidding. I haven't read the book yet, so I got to go down the list. Yeah, well, you're going to wait over a year at this point. That's crazy. It's <laughs> so cute. Yep. All right. Well, that is super cute. And now, <laughs> why don't we jump right in because mm -hmm. we have three cases to cover tonight. Mm -hmm. And let's, Katie, I know you have a missing person spotlight for us. Yes. This precious little girl is Serenity Ann McKinney. You guys are going to find this case to be reminiscent of another missing child's case, uh, the Harmony Montgomery case out of New Hampshire. This is Serenity Ann McKinney, also a missing child who's about four years old, missing from Kentucky. Mm. She also has been missing for quite a span of time, and we're mm. just now learning about it. Family's been frantic for a while and have been trying to make some noise and be heard. And it finally took Serenity's family, her mother's family, and her mother's boyfriend's family teaming up to get the attention of law enforcement to really get something going here. Gosh. Uh, it took a lot of voices. So Serenity was last seen in person on Christmas Eve 2020. Oh, no. Now... Grandpa says that right before Father's Day 2021, he spoke with her on the phone, but they had not seen her and didn't know where she was. So her grandparents have worried and worried, uh, tried and tried to uh, get something going. They've called uh, CPS multiple times and asked for welfare checks. It sounds like there were some welfare checks where CPS came and visited with the parents who, well, mom and mom's boyfriend who uh, didn't produce Serenity and CPS didn't follow up. Unfortunately, this is another drop oh, case in the system. No. Come on, CPS. You've got one job here. Yeah. And I know that's an unfair um, statement. Mm -hmm. However, to actually see the child, yeah. get real. How can we not at least do that? Right. So they are saying that her missing date is December 24th, 2020, because that is the last time anyone actually laid physical eyes on her. Wow. Uh, 
She's missing from Shelby, Jefferson, or Bullitt County areas of Kentucky. Mm. She's a white female with blonde hair and blue eyes. I think she looks quite a bit like Harmony Montgomery. She does. Actually. And Harmony and Serenity. I mean, it's just... I know the names also. I thought the same. Yeah. So again, we, we believe she has not been seen in more than a year. So part of what the, the what law enforcement said when they first announced that this child was missing was that they were not receiving cooperation from mom and mom's boyfriend. Well, not only that, mom and boyfriend fled. Mm. So Dakota Hill, and in the news they're calling her Catherine McKinney, but she actually goes by Abby McKinney. Okay. I guess Catherine is her first name, but she goes by Abby. And they were picked up in Kansas. So this is them. This is Dakota and Abby. And uh, sources close to Abby say that Abby's pregnant. Oh, boy. I hope but when they were picked the up, there was no serenity, huh? No serenity. No serenity. So they are preparing to extradite them back to Kentucky. They are being charged the very same way Lori Vallow was charged. Okay. And that's with custodial interference. Yeah. Why? Because the state was trying to take custody of Serenity and these two interfered with that. That's what that charge basically means, but it's it's an attempt yeah. to get them back to the state and start making them talk, of course, right. and figure it's out. An attempt to make them produce the child. Yeah. So I apparently, according to the family, at least, Abby has really, really changed a lot since she started dating Dakota. And uh, there's, sounds like it's likely that drugs are involved here. And Abby has just, she moved in with Dakota and her family really, really didn't want that. He was abusive before she moved in with Dakota. They begged her Mm -hmm. not to do that. But according to some family members, he had laid down an ultimatum that either you move in with me or we break up. I did see a post this evening from a friend of Dakota's that they discovered Dakota and Abby living homeless earlier this year or last year and took them into their home for a certain amount of time. and. There was no harmony then. And this girl didn't know them very well. And I think didn't really know to, uh, you know, like ask them. She said they did say that they had a daughter named Serenity that was living with parents. And, you know, she didn't have any reason to doubt that, you know, right? they were homeless, you know. So to think that she was living with grandparents or parents didn't really, uh, you know. Didn't really click for her that something was wrong. And, you know, I I don't know why it would really, you know. It wouldn't in that particular situation, Mm -hmm. although I'm still pretty stunned that CPS managed to speak to them and did not, they did not produce the child and CPS did not follow up. That's, yeah, Yeah. damn, not good. So it's, it's a very hard situation. It is, like I said, it's similar to Harmony or to Harmony Montgomery. In a lot of ways. And again, I mean, you know, she, no one's laid eyes on her in more than a year. And I think that's extremely troubling. Yes, it is. So obviously if you are in the Kentucky area, please pay 
especially close attention to this case. Yeah. But everyone needs to pay close attention to this case. And you know we will. This is just us opening an investigation on it. Right. And we're going to keep tracking it and watching it and see what goes on here. So I'm going to show you her face one more time. Look how freaking cute she is. So cute. Yeah. And again, her name is Serenity Ann McKinney. And she's Such four years old. Mischievous little face. I know. She's darling. Yeah. So with that, I am going to hand the mic back over to you for our main case. Okay. And our main case tonight is an old case that is local to us that has hit the news uh, again mm -hmm. lately because of another podcast. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, we felt like we should cover it as well since it's local to us. This yeah. is the case of the murder of Linda Smith. Yeah. So Linda Smith was 14 years old. Mm -hmm. When she was abducted from her home on June 14th, this was in 1981. This was in Pocatello, Idaho, which is about 50 miles from where I live. It's mm -hmm. where I went to college. Uh, on the day of the abduction, her younger brother, Ben, actually witnessed the abduction. He was kind of asleep in a recliner in their living room. And this man comes out of Linda's bedroom carrying her and she's fighting trying to get away from him mm -hmm. and hauls her out the back door of their house. This is a point that's always been of interest because Ben has said that you would have to be familiar with their house to know to go mm -hmm. out to the, to the back. Carried her out the back door and out into their backyard and had his van sitting in the alleyway at the back of their yard mm -hmm. and put her in his van. It was a black van with flames down the sides. Boy, didn't we see a lot of those in the 80s. And mm -hmm. took off with her. Yeah. So they didn't even have a phone at home. And yeah. so Ben ran across the street to the neighbor's said, I need to borrow your phone. I need to call 911. He said that he remembered learning at school that whenever something bad happened, you needed to remember to call 911. Yeah. And so he did. And the police came and talked to him. And they didn't believe him. They said that they were pretty sure that Linda probably just ran away and uh -huh. she'd come home in a few days. How, How many, many times? times? Oh, oh, that just makes me so damn mad. Mm -hmm. Because Ben had a cursory description of the man. And the van. And the vehicle. And that wasn't, there were plenty of weird-ass flames running around. But, I mean, still. But, black, yeah, I mean, that. The flames, that's pretty descriptive. It is. Plus, it was a man with um, long blonde hair. So they just, they just did not believe him. So they took no evidence from the house. They didn't take. This was in 81, and so this was before a lot of evidence, a lot of forensics. But, I mean, they certainly could have taken fingerprints, you know, figured out how did he get into the house in the first place. Well, unfortunately, Interviewed the neighbors back in the days when nobody locked their damn house. Yeah. We still live in an area where people don't often lock their houses. Mm -hmm. I do. 
<laughs> but, you know, not everybody does. And there's a lot of trust in this area that is mm, maybe dubious. Yeah. yeah, dubious. There you go. That's a good word for it. So the house was not locked. So this person could have literally just walked through a door, mm-hmm. maybe walked through that back door or, you know, probably walked through the back door because there was, you know, the van was parked in the in the um, alleyway. So and this pisses me off. But in one article I read, the police said that Linda had run away once for one day before. Mm-hmm. So they were pretty much like, oh, she'll just come back. The other thing that they'd said was that the family, this was a single mom, Linda's mom, mm-hmm. uh, was raising her children on her own, and that they were poor and really struggling. So she probably just ran away. Oh, my God. I'm like, oh, Ugh. this stuff makes me so pissed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it doesn't surprise me. I mean, that sounds a lot like the way the police would have talked around here in the 80s. Oh, definitely. Yep. I'm not saying that stuff doesn't get said now because it still does, but it's a little well, better. One of the up and coming families. So, right. And you know, the thing that I don't understand is whether she ran off or she was abducted, she's 14 years old and they can't find her. She's a minor. Right. She's at risk. Right. Still look for her. Why? Right. Why is it that if a girl runs away, then that instantly means that she's safe? Well, she's freaking not. She was not 14. Safe. She was a kid. A 14-year-old oh. out there on their own is definitely not safe. No. So, Especially because if they're with other people, those people don't have the good sense to contact her parents to bring her home or the right. police. So you know she's not safe. No, definitely not safe. So they did not talk to the neighbors. They took no forensic evidence from the house. They did not look for the van. They didn't even look for Linda. Yeah. They didn't even look for Linda when a few weeks after she went missing, a bunch of her clothes were found thrown sort of off to the side of the road on an off ramp in the area. Didn't dawn on them that, hey, maybe that's weird. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The clothes, you know, she was wearing the day she went missing suddenly Mm -hmm. turn up in a ditch. So then a That's year goes normal. by. Yeah, totally normal. Then a year goes by and skeletal remains are found up on Hospital Way, which is kind of up above the city um, in a ravine. And the skeletal remains belong to guess who? Linda Smith. They match them with her dental records. So now, a whole year later, they suddenly realize, oh, well, maybe she was abducted. Gosh. Unfortunately, this case has gone nowhere, as you can imagine, because they took no evidence and made no effort to look when she went missing. And so now this yeah. case is already a year cold, and Linda is dead when the police actually start looking into what happened to her. Yeah. Her poor brother. Yeah. He's had. You imagine he has had some serious mental health problems, sure, and post-traumatic stress disorder, all kinds of stuff, his whole life. Because thanks a lot, you know. Yeah. Well, here's a thing to know. 
Around that time, there were some other girls that went missing. Mm-hmm. One of them was Lynette Culver, who is believed to be a victim of Ted Bundy. Although her no- body right. has never been found, Bundy confessed to her murder in 1989. Mm-hmm. But her body has never been found, and the Pocatello police are not 100% sure that um, that this that it was Bundy. They've never been able to prove it. Right. I mean, they did at least find Linda's body. Mm -hmm. And then there were two others outside of Ted Bundy. And these are, these are girls we have covered. This is Tina Anderson and Patty Campbell. Yes. And we have covered them in -hmm. the past. All these girls went missing in like a four year period. Yeah. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. And the um, Tina Anderson and Patty Campbell, their bot, their uh, their uh, remains were found in 1981, in October, and By you know, yeah. yeah, and they were skeletal remains as well. Mm-hmm. So there are some questions around, you know, is there anybody else that might have, you know. That might have been active in that time, although well, we did when... do a read on Patty and mm-hmm. Tina. There was... there was also a thought that there was another missing teenager. Yes. When those Cindy girls Bringers. went missing, yes, from the park, there was a dad there that was looking for his daughter, too. Yeah. You remember so... this? Well, yes. Oh, but no, this that's not this girl. Cindy Bringhurst went missing in 1983. Oh, no, I'm talking about a girl that went missing the same time. That's right. And I don't have a name on that one. Nobody does. Nobody does. Because uh, when one of the dads was looking for those missing girls and looking at the park for them, Mm -hmm. uh, there was another dad looking for his teenage daughter that he also could not find. Uh, But they were uh, presumably not legal to be in this country. That's right. And there's a real uh, presumption there that there was another missing teenager that didn't get reported. That never got reported. That's Mm -hmm. right. So that would make five girls Mm -hmm. from 1978 to 1983. So questions, you know, because none of them are actually solved. No. Um, You know, Ted Bundy said that he killed Lynette Culver, but we don't know for sure that he did. Um, he did not actually lead investigators to her body. No. So around that period of time, there, there are five. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. So how did this come about that we talked about this case right now? Because it's 2022. Yeah. Well, a podcast called The Deck 
And the deck is uh, produced and hosted by Ashley Flowers. And she is from Crime Junkie, if you're familiar. She mm-hmm. has a new podcast called The Deck. The Deck is covering, I don't know if you know this or not, but a lot of states, ours included, mm-hmm. has a, a deck of playing cards in which every card has a picture of a missing person or an unsolved crime mm-hmm. on it, this person and all of their information. And those are handed out to inmates in the prisons in the States, encouraging people to give information if they know something about one of these crimes. Mm-hmm. And Linda Smith is the nine of hearts in Idaho. Mm-hmm. And so that's why this is coming up right now is because the deck just did Linda Smith's case. Yeah. So, kind of funnily about it, um, the Pocatello police have come out with a statement. <laughs> a bit <laughs> rather defensively, yeah. I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, basically saying that Linda Smith's case is still open mm-hmm. and they are still investigating it. I know that they took it back up pretty significantly in 2007. Mm-hmm. And they have looked at her bones. They've looked, they've worked with Idaho State University's anthropology department. That's mm-hmm. where Katie and I both went to college. Mm-hmm. Um, here's the problem. And they have acknowledged that the police at the time made a big mistake. Mm-hmm. They didn't see Linda Smith's case as an abduction. And so they did not take any evidence. So the, the hard part for the police now is they don't have any forensic evidence to work mm-hmm. from at all except her body. Mm-hmm. So, yes, but I really take exception to something that they said in their statement. Mm-hmm. And it was a bit of a miffed, uh, kind of a passive aggressive comment, I felt like, in that they said, you know, that they have not released certain information. You know, I, I felt like kind of, a, you know, throwing it out there that the deck did, you know, because, uh, they there's things they haven't released because at some point they might be able to use those to get a conviction. No, give me a break. No, let's get it real. It has been 40 years, 40 years, you 40 guys. Years. It's not, we're not holding out for a conviction. We want the case to be solved. So all of the evidence, all of the information should be on the freaking table. So that if somebody knows something, if that jogs somebody's memory, it should be thrown out here. We're not talking about a case that's two years old, for Christ's sake. Not only that, while it is still an open investigation, there's nothing to investigate. Why not put every ounce of evidence out there to see if we can get something to stick? Why not start throwing the noodles at the wall? I don't get it. Yeah, that to really rub me the wrong way. This isn't a young case. This is a very old case. Get the information out there. There's right. no reason to hold any cards now. I agree. I absolutely agree. At least if there could be some kind of solution for Linda's brother, Ben, because he's still holding the torch for this. Yeah. He has struggled so much because of it. And, and he was the rock star that did the right thing and then got slapped right back in the face. I'm so yeah. mad for him. The way this was I know. treated, the way he was treated. Right. It's it's not right. And and you know, the Pocatello police have acknowledged that. However, begrudgingly, I think a little bit. Uh, but yeah, I mean, come on. At least 
put the information out there and use this case as an example of why you always investigate a missing kid. Always. I don't care if they've run away 10 times. You still investigate them because Mm -hmm. they're still children. Even if they ran away, Mm -hmm. they're still at risk. That does not magically make them safe. And frankly, if they are a runaway and you want to drag them home and charge them and put them in juvie for a minute to try to help them straighten out their stuff and figure out what's going on in their life to try to keep them from running away again, fine. Right. But quit acting like 14-year-old runaways are just fine and dandy. Right. Like that somehow makes them safe if they chose to go somewhere. Yeah. Because you know who they chose to go with? Adults. That's who they chose to go with because they went with somebody who's got money and a car. And you know what? That's not another 14-year-old kid, is it? Mm -mm. No. No. Adults who are willing to hide them, which tells you everything you need to know. Yeah, it definitely does. Mm -hmm. So that's why we're covering Linda Smith. It's an interesting case. It's a very frustrating case. We will keep you updated, although I kind of doubt there's going to be a resolution here. There's no DNA to go on. No. If there was DNA, this could be a DNA for the win case. There isn't any. There's Mm -hmm. no fingerprints. There's no nothing, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. But it is a good example of why we need to always pressure law enforcement to investigate every single missing child. Mm -hmm. Yep. And to remember that 14-year-old girls are children. Yep. They're not young women living their lives as though this seems to come out a lot it is not Mm -hmm. true they're children that cannot protect themselves and that are unable to identify people who are unsafe for them yeah they can't be expected to be allowed to just run away and be gone and be fine any more than they can have consensual sex they none of those things this is the other thing we just keep hearing in the news you know Consensual sex. That's yeah. called rape. Like we have to start saying yeah. things. Yeah, correctly. non-consensual. It was non-consensual consensual sex. Yeah, that's yeah. rape. Hello. Yeah. Well, the or terminology. consensual sex with a minor. Yeah. Yes. No. That's or rape. an underage woman. I've heard that yes. one too. Mm-hmm. An underage woman is a child. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. We so have yeah, to this start case is... saying things correctly and making our news sites say things correctly. And this is yes, one did. of those kinds of things. It is. It yeah. definitely is. Because there was just an assumption made about this child who mm-hmm. disappeared and she lost her life yeah. because of it. And, and you know, we don't know if the police would have found her before she'd been killed. I and mean, we can't say that. We can't hold well, them accountable for that, a hell but we of a can lot hold better them... chance if they would have tried. Right, yeah, we can hold them accountable for actual trying. Mm-hmm. So that's the Linda Smith case. Definitely mm-hmm. go listen to the deck uh, and listen to this case on the deck. It's very good, very interesting. They even went to Pocatello and took a picture of the house she grew up in. Uh, we didn't. We <laughs> we both yeah. went to college in Pocatello. We're quite familiar with the area. Um, but you know, obviously. One more case that teaches us yep. about how missing children should be handled. Mm-hmm. For sure. So with that being said, Katie, I heard a rumor that you have a WTF crime for us. Oh, I sure do. <laughs> well, WTF, guys. 
this lady, now if you lived where I live, you'd say she looked like she's the Relief Society president. Pretty um, much, yeah. Right? Well, she's a nun. Oh. She's a nun. Uh, she was the principal of an elementary school in California, Torrance Elementary, for a really long time, something like more than 20 years. Oh, wow. She also has a pretty nasty gambling addiction. Oh, dear. And because of that gambling addiction, for the last 10 years, she has now finally retired. She's 80 years old. Uh, for the last 10 years, she has been embezzling money from that school. Oh, gosh. Stealing tuition checks, donations, lots of stuff. She has managed to pilfer $800,000. <laughs> oh, my God. That's a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Wow. And un undetected? That much money? Her vice principal was basically helping cover for her. Another nun. Oh. Who Thank they you. chose not to charge, though it sounds like they probably could have. They both retired, and uh, once they retired, then uh, it started occurring to people that were taking over there that the books had been getting cooked for quite a while. Oh my gosh, that is so much money. Mm -hmm. Well, that money was going for trips to Lake Tahoe and Las Vegas <laughs> for gambling oh. trips. To cover old gambling debts and to pay credit card bills for gambling. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. What do you think, what kind of a sentence would you suppose somebody would get for embezzling $800,000? Ten years? Maybe. I mean, the uh, recommended is 20 per count. They charged her with two counts. Uh, it could have been many, many, many more. Right. But the Catholic Church didn't want to charge her at all. But hmm. the prosecutor's office familiar. did so anyway. Uh, she pled guilty. And she was in court uh, on Monday. Yes, or yeah, Monday. To... Uh, Ask the judge to show mercy and spare her from prison. Remember, she is 80 years old. Oh, my gosh. She said, I have sinned, I have broken the law, and I have no excuses. True. She called her crimes a violation of my vows, the commandments, the law, and above all, the sacred trust that so many had put in me. Well, the judge, a man named Otis D. Wright, 77-year-old judge, has really, really struggled with this one. He said, I haven't slept in God knows how long. He said he is having a very hard time. He rejected the prosecutor's call for a two-year term, saying he just couldn't do it. This is the worst thing she's done in her life. Well, it's the worst thing she's been caught doing. Right? Yeah. The judge said that she has been one heck of a teacher during her 62 years as a nun. I guess if one heck of a teacher steals nearly a million dollars, 
And that's all she's just been caught doing. I mean, come on, man. Right. Let's get Sorry. real here. But if these are things that uh, she got caught for, what else has she done? You know there's more. There's got to be. You know there's more. The judge said that he is owed where he is today in large part to a nun who inspired him early in life. During the sentencing, he had to take a break with his head buried in his hands for a minute to regain composure. Oh, good Lord. Mm -hmm. uh, this judge needs to be 86 yeah. out of there. He's 77. It's time to go. Yeah. Yep. Yep. They had lots of letters from former students and parents, some of which really wanted justice who said that they struggled profoundly to be able to pay to have their kids in this school. Right. And the school itself was severely lacking in funds for basic needs. And the families just kept, wonder being why. Yeah, kept being told that they just don't have enough money. Uh, and But lots of families wrote in on her behalf, wanting to. They've already forgiven her. God has forgiven her. All is well. This whole uh, thing just baffles me. When you look at what other people go through with the court system to see this situation. Well, and, and I, I don't really care if God forgave her. Mm -hmm. uh, that's not how the criminal justice system works in this country. Mm -hmm. If you steal $800,000, your ass is going to sit in some prison time. One so guy said he really wanted her to go to prison because uh, he was terrified of her when he was in grade school. <laughs> <And> said <laughs> she was actually mean as hell and she should go to prison. Yeah. Well, yeah, she was an excellent teacher. My ass, she was. Mm -hmm. She stole that money from those kids mm -hmm. in that school and the parents that paid to have them there. What mm -hmm. the hell? Yeah. So what did she actually get for a sentence? Well, as we know, the church did not want her to be charged. And they have assured the judge that the nuns have already sanctioned her, and she's basically on house arrest with them. She can't go anywhere. She doesn't have any money. She's really not allowed any kind of uh, luxuries whatsoever. I mean, life's already really hard for her. So they're taking care of it. Well, the judge managed to find it in himself to give her one year and one day in prison. Oh, for hell's sake. <laughs> Now she'll be going to a low security. The judge himself called it club fed. Oh, well, great. Mm -hmm. He said I mean, he I don't figures want her she... to be like abused or anything, but come on. No, she stole like... $800,000 from her school. How, mm -hmm. what kind of example is that to the kids that go to her school? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. Yikes. Right. And that's what some of the parents who did want to see her get serious jail time said. Our kids have completely lost faith in the Catholic Church because of this situation. Yeah. And we think that the Catholic Church should divorce themselves from her and should make an absolute clear example out of her. But that's not what's happened at all. They have coddled her. That is not what they do. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. As we know, this is what bothers me, okay? And I'm not accusing her of anything, but I will say this. If you're willing to sit, steal nearly a million dollars from that school, and that's yeah. just what you got caught for, how many times did you turn your head when a priest touched a kid? Right. How many times did you touch a kid? What How many times did you other... see other bullshit go down over your 63 years of education Yeah, that you didn't that say, you didn't say anything. anything? 
Yeah. Yeah. What other things did she cover up to protect herself? Yikes. Or someone else. Not cool at all. Mont Sr. said that when he confronted her about the discrepancies in the uh, finances, that her first argument was that uh, priests make a lot more than nuns do. And she just had to find a way to be compensated. (laughs) This is not how you do it, sister. Mm -hmm. It's not how you get a raise. Oh, my gosh. It's a mess. But I couldn't help but bring it to you guys for WTF News when I saw a nun embezzlement, $835,000, and gambling issue. Wow. Dude. Not things you expect to see in one headline. Not necessarily, no. But that is, wow. I Definitely a WTF (laughs) friend right there. It is. Yikes. Well, this is our Wednesday episode, so we will be back tonight at 7 p.m. Mountain for case updates. And as usual, there are quite a few of those. And then we'll be back on Thursday at 7 p.m. Mountain for the Psychic Hour. And both of those shows are live streamed on our Mm -hmm. YouTube channel and our Facebook page. However, you don't have to be there live because we post them after the fact as well. Just so you know, because I never know when you're, where you're listening from, you can always find us on YouTube, on Spotify, on Apple, and all other well-known podcast platforms. We're everywhere. So it's not hard to find us. If you found us in one place and would like to find us in somewhere different, just go looking for True Crime Paranormal. You will find us. Yes, you will. Because we are out there. We're everywhere. We're everywhere. Also, we're on Patreon, and we have lots mm-hmm. of bonus content over on Patreon. If you become a patron, you get access to that. Plus, we do a couple of new cases every month. Mm-hmm. There's stuff on there that no one's seen unless you're on Patreon. There's some For fun sure. stuff. So, with that being said, we are True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. Thanks for being here. Take care. Take care.